Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Good morning, lovely people. We've got another awesome podcast today. We love recording these. It's more reasons, more awesome reasons to be alcohol free. And it's just so uplifting to talk about all this stuff. So we're super excited for you to uh, tune in and have a listen today. So that's wicked. Um, and that's it, really. Just another quick note to say both me and Ellie are running groups starting soon. Mine actually starts next week. So that's the week starting the 4th of October and Ellie sometime into October. And we're both going to help you take your power back from alcohol um, leading up to Christmas. Christmas. So if you want your first alcohol-free Christmas or your first Christmas for a long time where you're actually calling the shots um, and Sober October feels like a fantastic launch pad, then you know exactly what to do. I'll put our links in the show notes and just come and have a chat with us. You know, there's, on those calls, we're just going to figure out whether we're a good fit and uh, you always leave with something really helpful from those calls. Me and Ellie always make sure that there's something really positive to take from them. Okay, awesome. Without further ado, I will hand you over to me and Ellie. Breathe out. <laughs> Go. <clears throat> Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome Ooh. to the pleasant, pleasant. <laughs> the pleasant and sober. That will do. Yeah, it's, it's pleasant. It's very pleasant. Pleasant and sober podcast. The present <laughs> and sober podcast. Sorry, that was a bit loud. Um, uh, my good friend here, Sam, is going to be reining me in because I am suffering massively from a big hormonal headache right now. And it sent me a bit um, do lally so for all of you fans that have been along from the beginning for the ride uh i now the results are in folks i've now got the results of my hormonal testing and the fear that i had of i'm in perimenopause is actually not come to fruition i am not in perimenopause i will be at some point probably soonish um, which I'm obviously very much looking forward to. Uh, I've, what's actually going on for me, Mr. Sam, is estrogen dominance. I've got too yeah. much of the bloody stuff. So my, uh, so I did this saliva hormonal testing and my progesterone is where it should be. But twice a month, I have these massive peaks of estrogen, which I shouldn't have. Like it shouldn't be that high. It's off the charts. And with that comes a lot of bloody awful symptoms. And the worst of it at the moment is horrific headache and also things like irritability, mood change. Um, had a lot of, you know, hot flashes and bits and pieces going on. Basically, the thing that's amazing is that the symptoms mimic the symptoms of estrogen deficiency, which is interesting. wild. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm currently trying to... Uh, trying to go down the natural route of balancing out the ratio to mm -hmm. ease the symptoms before I then uh, admit defeat and go for HRT. And funnily enough, as I was just telling Mr. Sam earlier, my what I've got to do is have something called dim, which stinks. It's <laughs> it's a capsule that stinks. If I love that they named dim. it dim. Obviously, <laughs> they were sat around the boardroom and they went dim. That's dim. what we'll call it. Dim. And it and it's gonna smell. It's gonna smell really bad because it's got lots of broccoli in it. It stands so, out. Yeah, it's good marketing. <laughs> it does. 
It does. So I'm so I'm on my dim capsules, which are horrific every morning. And I'm eating broccoli at pretty much every meal and other cruciferous vegetables. So we'll see. And also button mushrooms. And um, what was the other thing? There's something else. It'll come to me. Could be worse. Um, brain fog. Um, I'm still having my flax, my flaxseed. That's good. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. Two, two to three months. We'll see. We'll see if my headaches have subsided or if I'm still complaining about them. But there we go, folks. So, but the, the, in, on a serious note, though, I was thinking about this the other night in a pit of feeling terrible. How much worse I would feel if I was still drinking. It's a big one. Oh my goodness. Like it, do, it does not, but I, and I think I journaled about this and I think I wrote the immortal words of it does not bear thinking about because I started to go there and I just, I couldn't imagine because of course, when I stopped drinking, it was right before COVID. It was a couple of months before COVID. So not only would I have been where I was before, but then I'd have had all this other stuff layered on top that people have been dealing with. Yeah. Um, and, you know, had I been drinking through COVID, I'd have, I'd have been right into the daily drinking, daily drinking, day drinking, all of that business. I can just, I could just imagine it. So yes, I am very happy. I'm not drinking and making my symptoms worse. hundred um, percent. It's awesome. It's yeah, awesome. Thanks. It's an amazing frame to have as well. Like it's so true. It's so true. I sometimes think back to some of these things I've been through and I think, how, how did I do that? when I was drinking like how did I have the and, and you know interestingly that leads us into the fact that we're gonna carry on our awesome list of alcohol-free magic so like we we thought to ourselves oh there's you know we'll we'll get through a good few and like we got through what three <laughs> two and a bit you know we were talking about like the um kind of getting our focus back we were talking about actually hangovers not having them anymore because they mm. suck we were talking about um you know the the money that's saved and like how much more we can invest in ourselves when we're not investing in something that's, you know, um, harming us basically. And we also spoke about focus and the purpose that we get back. Um, mm. and I, I, you know, just for me, um, so I, I fully committed to, to sober rebellion now. And it's really amazing. Cause I feel like I've got that. I don't have a choice in this. I feel like it's like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And that purpose and that focus is like, is playing out in my life even now as we speak, you know, that basically acknowledging like teaching is meaningful. I really enjoyed it, but this is what I have to do. And actually like stepping into the, that massive leap of faith um, is, is amazing. It's so cool. So like, it's just, just to speak to that, it's like a, it's a journey. Like it's not something where you just suddenly get a bit of it. It's like continual. Right. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. awesome. Well, look, let's hope this headache, sorts itself out talking to me for half an hour sometimes gives people a headache so maybe in in the reverse thing much like having you know you having too much um estrogen is is mimicking the results of not having enough maybe me talking will fix your headache Mm. it's possible well i've heard on the grapevine that not only do you like cheese but you also like cruciferous vegetables so maybe (laughs) you can't be you can't be plant-based for six years six years and not basically it's a bit of a and obviously you know eating cheese now I'm I'm, I'm not but um anyhow right <laughs> what were we going to talk about you had a wicked one gone what were we going to start this magical journey with well we, we were we were just talking earlier about the time that you oh, yeah. reclaim when when you don't drink 
and uh and so the, the these episodes and we will keep doing them because we like to talk and we don't get through many of the things on the list and the, the list of things is growing by the minute particularly as people are giving uh, their input and their ideas too but one of the things i think that really surprises people pleasantly well pleasantly and sometimes it can just come as a bit of a shocker initially is how much time they reclaim yeah. when they stop drinking and uh i say it can be a bit of a shocker because sometimes people just don't know how to fill it it's such a surprise and they've been just stuck in that cycle of drinking and not really doing anything else that it can feel a bit anxiety inducing and 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 just as a wee reminder the whole the whole reason that we get stuck in the drinking cycle and uh you know to the to the point where we are not uh we're not involved in the 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 other activities that perhaps we used to be is because we just don't get pleasure from them anymore and the reason we don't get pleasure from them anymore is because we've set our um our so our pleasure circuit of the brain is like adjust adjusted up so you mm. are you need higher levels of dopamine and when you look at the kind of dopamine release that you get from a drug like alcohol it does not compare to reading a book taking a bath having to walk cuddle yeah um, but the fact is we're meant to operate at this lower level. We're not meant to have these artificially high spikes of dopamine because what do we get as a result of those? Well, the brain body wants homeostasis. So that's why we get filled with these downer chemicals like dynorphin to bring us down. And unfortunately we get brought back down further than baseline. Uh, and then we're into this law of diminishing returns. So we'll go for the second drink. The second drink brings us up, doesn't bring us up quite so far. We then get the downer again, and the downer takes us down further still. And it's this chasing these diminishing returns. And where people, I was talking to somebody about it this week, and they really understood in their journey, this, you know, do- dopamine is very much about wanting and, um, and craving but not necessarily pleasure so yeah, we, we spoke about yeah. it. it's not the liking yeah yes yeah and and that's that is insidious really you, you can you can want something so bad and, and effectively all you're by by getting it all you're going to do is ease the pain that's coming from having the craving it's mm. scratching the itch and um, and, and so that's, that, that is why people get stuck and that is why people lose interest in the other activities and things that they used to have in their life. Nothing, nothing touches it, nothing comes close. Um, but the good news is that when you remove alcohol and your brain chemistry resettles, then you start to enjoy all of the normal things, mm. all of the everyday things you start that that pleasure comes back and more so you know the the joy that I feel from everyday activities and experiences is it's like nothing nothing that I can ever remember with drinking yeah it's mad you start to it's funny because you it's almost like you've forgotten 
and you live in this it's like you can't remember what that used to be like so like if we yeah. if we flood back to like your teenager years like early teens like it depends when we all started drinking <laughs> and doing these things right but like yeah. we can think of like there was that thing for me it was skating it was like I was just like wow it's so good like I'm so like into that and you know some of this stuff is to do with teenage hormones and chemicals and all the rest of it but that joy that like that connection and when we've had that su- suppression and when we're like, oh, these things just don't feel like they cut it. We're like, you know, reading a book, going to the cinema, all these silly things. These things feel like they're just not there anymore. Um, you have you trust in trust in the fact that they will come back and they will come back strong. And there's so much there's this to me is the difference between like, um, you know, finding joy in the small things. Like the other day, me and Robin, we were walking through uh, Manchester City Centre, and I don't know if you've seen Tony's Chocolate. Like they're there, it's oh, great. Yeah. They do those massive bars, and they're they're really good. What they're doing, you know, they're ethical. They're against, you know, they, I really believe in what the company's doing as well. And Montezuma is another chocolate company that are doing something similar, and I'm, I'm massively into chocolate of all forms, particularly 100% chocolate. Love it. Anyway, I diverge. Um, they had like this massive spinning wheel where you were allowed to spin the wheel and you got your chocolate out. Um, and like, I was like straight back there. I was like, you know, that opening of Willy Wonka where the kids are in there and like the Candyman or whatever it was, the, that mm. bloody song that was playing. I was there. I was like, yes, this is it. This is life. I was like, I was yeah. so bloody happy about my chocolate bar. Um and you get that back. You get that back. You get that back. You get reading back. You get going to the cinema back. You get going for a walk in the park back. Um, and it just takes a little while. It takes a little, just trust and a little bit of recalibration. And then that comes back. And then Ellie, like we were supposed to be talking about time. We've ended up somewhere else, haven't we? But it's deeply connected because when you bring those things back in and you build a life so damn good that the idea of drinking is alien to you, Mm. And that's absolutely possible for anybody. Then you get to a point where you're like, how did I ever have time to drink? I think that all the time. I'm like, how, <laughs> oh, the, yeah. how did I fit it in? Like, I don't understand it. And, and I know how I fit it in. I fit it in by doing it all the time. And, and it, it was a filter over my life. And that's the, the, the reality of this is that it becomes something through which we it's like a goldfish bowl through which everything else happens and it takes over in insidious ways that we don't really notice it's running subconsciously and consciously um and when you take that off like you feel like shit i'm going to be naked i'm not going to have any kind of protection around me but life is that you know this technicolor like reconnection with everything and then the time is like filled with this with this magical stuff and and instead of thinking about drinking all day long and recovering from drinking all day long and you know your holidays are twice as long because you're not hanging you you know you're Mm. everything doubles in time you're not in the city break recovering from the night before you're up walking around the city and you've done more than you used to do in an entire holiday in one morning Mm. amazing Mm. yeah and and all of that mental energy when you are trying to moderate because let's face it moderation is so tricky i was going to say bullshit but yeah fair enough. well yeah it can be in the end physiologically it just doesn't make any sense so it's hard the truth is it's hard Mm. isn't it it's a difficult thing you have to be committed to giving up a huge amount of mental energy to it and to i just like i get decision making fatigue by about nine o'clock in the morning because of, you know, deciding, helping children decide what they're going to wear, deciding what I'm going to wear, 
um, you know, how I'm going to build bloody Star Wars Lego, what, you know, what kind of new Lego I'm going to build and, you know, what we're doing after school and what we're having for breakfast. It's like, ah, oh, by nine o'clock, I'm like, I've made too many decisions. How, how are you going to cook your broccoli? Are you going to steam yeah, but, it? Are you going yeah. to stir fry it? What are you going to do? Pressure cook where, it? Where am I going to throw up when I've had my Dehydrate thing? it? <laughs> Dehydrated broccoli. Mm. <laughs> but we, and, and you may or may not have heard this, but every decision that we make takes up the same amount of energy, right? So if yes. you make a, a small decision called, how am I going to steam, how am I, I going to cook my broccoli? Um, that takes up the same amount of energy as, you know, if you like, let's say you're remortgaging and you're having to make a really big decision yeah. about remote, like it, it takes. And that's real. Yeah. We haven't made that up. Go check it out for anyone who I'll, I'll link to that in the, in the show notes, but that's a hundred percent, you know, real. Mm. Decision-making fatigue is a thing. And, you know, we, we only have so much energy and adaptive energy in the day. And so moderation is calling upon you to use a huge amount of that energy. And I, I've i got so little spare, as you say, I don't have any spare, I'm, I'm at capacity. I just, I couldn't, I, I could not fit it in. I mean, when I looked at it all after learning the science, it's like, well, it, it doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm drinking to relax and it doesn't relax me. It doesn't make sense. No point in doing it anymore. Um, but, but moderation is, is usually it's certainly one of the things that keeps people stuck because people want to have it. I think the, the, it's that whole thing, isn't it, about forever, not not ever drinking again ever is too big a thing because how yeah. are you ever going to know you're successful? Well, when, when you're dead, you can celebrate it. <laughs> and someone said to me the other day, it's a really very interesting point, is that when we are moderating, we're not trying to moderate alcohol, we're trying to moderate its negative effects. Yes. And that's a really powerful point to reflect on because it means even if you are very good at moderating, you've got tons of willpower, like you can lock it in and you're, you know, you accept like, okay, fine. Like I'm going to be thinking about it a lot. Um, there's going to come a time where if you imbibe a substance that shuts down your prefrontal cortex and the logical thinking parts of your brain, you're going to slip up. So you're going to carry the fact that, um, your, your very success in moderating is going to make you feel braver, which is going to invite in the fact at some point that you're going to have that night, that hangover, that Sunday again. And personally, I don't want to live with that. I don't want to carry that. I do not want that. And since I've rebuilt a life so great that the idea, like, honestly, now, if someone turned up to me and said, you can have the perfect kind of moderation where you can pick how many you want to drink and when you're going to do it i would tell them to stick it up their ass because i don't want it like it's it's so much nicer so like everyone has our own journey and working through moderation is is a part of many of our journeys and you know when i said it was bullshit i don't mean to be like a i'm not being a knobhead about that i just mean it's like to me now i i realize that it's 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 really hard it's really hard to have to do that and it, and it grinds you down and it will consume your thinking and it will rub you of time if you're not careful. Mm. And uh, it's okay though, if that's part of your journey yeah, that's it. and, and you have to get it out of your system and you have 100%. to try, you have to figure it out for yourself. That is the most powerful thing to figure this stuff out for yourself with your own experiments, your own experience, as opposed to just uh, following what somebody else has done or said. So it's, 
it's it's not that we're saying that there's no point in trying it because yeah. often often you have to you have to get the data from the experience I would not be here Ellie with you recording this if I hadn't so so I mean for those of you that have listened to my story you will know that I had like a, a night about 18 and a half months I think it was period away from drinking and there were some things that I hadn't worked on there were reasons for why I returned to drinking and decided to moderate those four months were the most incredible data point oh don't get me wrong they were not fun the cognitive dissonance was awful like the knowledge of walking through that was was rank to be honest with you it was really not very nice um but it allowed me to see well you haven't worked on this you haven't dealt with your subconscious beliefs there's still a piece of you that believes that you don't have a community you need to do this you need to and and had i not done that i would have been white knuckling so if it's part of your journey it's part of your journey Mm -hmm. so like yes as much as all those things are are true and i believe them deeply to be true i think it's it's a really important point to make ellie and and wherever Mm -hmm. people are listening to this like honor where you are just honor where you are get the data experiment yeah you're exactly where you're meant to be and it, it it's going to be as it's meant to be is there's so much peace to be taken in letting go of trying to orchestrate how it's going to be and just just allowing it uh i think once you start down this path you you keep moving forward whatever you do because mm-hmm. you can't unknow what you know you can't unlearn it. Um, you, you could drink mindlessly, but it's. Uh, <laughs> I heard somebody say the other day, it's like, oh, well, you know, Annie Grace has ruined drinking for me. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and and that, that, that goes back to your point about you're moderating the negative impact of it. Um, and, and, and there are so many, right? So... Uh, the, the, there was one thing I was just thinking about earlier when you were talking about, or we were talking about hope and this resettling. I was listening to an addiction specialist talk and she was describing that this, like this reset typically needs, guess what? Guess how many days? Go on. I'm waiting for you to guess. Oh, well, so the, the <laughs> recalibration of, of which bit? The, the dopamine and yes yes so the resettling so that you are back to normal dopamine levels and and of course this is this is average but the minimum um, the minimum period that you need i'll give you a clue somewhere between 30 and 90 days 30 days 30 okay. days and she um she's not affiliated with this naked mind i don't even know if she knows about this naked mind she was very um what she was talking about was very aa focused but she talked about, it's like an experiment. It's like you need to do an experiment for 30 days. And I just thought that was wonderful to hear. Mm. Um, and, and it's not to say, like for some people it will take longer. And, and I don't think there's any way of really knowing for any individual how long it's going to take. But to, to, to broadly accept that within 30 days, your brain chemistry can have resettled uh, and you are back to enjoyment of, in inverted commas, normal things, everyday things, yep. and your dopamine releases as it um, as it's meant to be. Then it's it's really not a, a huge amount of time. 
Um, I'm not suggesting for a moment that it's easy for everybody because it's not the alcohol experiment can be, um, it, it can be very challenging for people and there's good reason for that. But uh, just as I said earlier, once you get started on this journey, you, are, you continue to move forward and there will come a day where you do crack the 30 days. Yeah. And, and it's an amazing reason to, if you have cracked it, and I do say this to, to people a lot, um, is to consider just adding another two weeks or, or another week or two or, or month onto that. And the reason being is that once you get to that 30, very often we can get through the bit where all of that happens and then we, we kind of don't quite get to some of the magic. So yes, I very often encourage people, I'm like, okay, so, so just say to yourself, look, can I do another two weeks? can I run this experiment a bit longer and see how it goes? Can I use that lengthening tactic? And because there's so much magic there. And what often will happen is that if you do one month and then you like do the two, you're like, okay, I'll do another two. And then before you know it, you're at 90 or hundred days. Now, then you've got some real data. Mm. Now that's not to say that that will, that might not be the end of your journey, but how much data are you going to have genuine yes. data of how you feel after 90 days, for example. So, so like this, this, just do that. If you just ask yourself that question, however long you've stopped for, if it's a week, can I do another three days? Mm. Can I make it 10? That, can it, I make it 20? It's so effective. It's so effective for people. And, and if you think back to lovely Megan, who was yep. one of the uh, our guests, uh, you can look up her episode. If or, uh, There were two episodes, actually. You can look them up if you, if you haven't listened to her story. Um, but she very much had this experience of when she joined my small coaching group, at the beginning of that, so she'd had 30 days alcohol-free in the alcohol experiment. And she would openly say at that point in time, like, I'm not sure that it's like, I never want to drink again. Like she, she couldn't, she couldn't take herself there. And then she lengthened and she was in my group for 12 weeks. So she'd at this point, you know, the, the whole point of the group is to get people beyond hundred days. And I remember her getting to, it was something like, it was, some, it was somewhere between 60 and 90 days. So it's probably like 70, 80 days. And, and she, we, we communicate over Marco Polo and she came onto the group and she went, had this experience last night with um, th this particular uh, group that she was out with. And she said, I can, I can solidly say I'm never going to drink again. And, and that was because of, just as you say, the data, the data that she gathered and mm. she could gather that data because of the amount of time because she'd lengthened. So it's great to do the alcohol experiment um, or, you know, 30 day challenge or whatever it is, raising money for charity. All these things are wonderful. But before you decide to celebrate at the end of it by popping the cock, just check in with yourself around what you might want to do because there are other options and lengthening is one of them and lengthening could lead on to something quite special. hundred percent. No, we started with time. We ended up with lengthening. They are connected. <laughs> you know, this is cool. I like this. I like the experimental jazz. I like riffing. This is good fun. Um, what was our next launch pad? The next launch pad was freedom. Right. So it was this, this feeling of freedom that comes with leaving behind the thinking about drinking, planning, drinking or not drinking, trying to moderate, 
the time, you know, we talked about the amount of time that it sucks up drinking um, the, on all of the different occasions. So the freedom that comes from leaving all that behind and you were talking about decision-making fatigue, like that's where it comes from, right? Leaving all, all of that, like you've made one firm decision and the freedom on the other side of that is colossal. Yeah, and I think it's really important to speak to this because it's really possible to stop drinking for an entire lifetime and never truly feel that. And we do not have time to cover that today. But the analogy that I would liken this to is like the stone in the shoe. And if you've got the stone in the shoe, then working to take it out early is the thing to do. And that might be reading this naked mind, reading alcohol explained, reading, you know, the sober diaries, whatever it is that's your connects with you going and joining a group, going and, you know, getting involved in coaching, going, whatever it is, right. Go out there, experiment, find the thing that resonates, go through a predetermined pathway of doing the work early of like getting into your beliefs, understanding why you have been doing what you're doing, open it up and do the work early, take the stone out. Because then very quickly, when you get to the point of, because you can notice then, wow, 30 days in, 40 days in, my my dopamine's back to normal. Hang on, what's going on? I'm enjoying reading. That's incredible. You're clear. You can feel it. Mm. Now that is really, really important. If you are constantly pining at 40 and 50 days because you're just white knuckling and willpowering, you won't notice because you will be miserable because you will be just constantly thinking about drinking. So there's, there's too much to cover here, but that's so true. Uh, but the, And the freedom thing is totally possible for anybody, but you've got to find someone or, or a process or a way that you resonate that's going to build you that bridge from I can't drink to I don't have to drink. It won't build itself mm. if you just cling on for dear life. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah, you're right. Like for me, when I did that, and, and you know, it took me a lot longer than I think it would, uh, than, than, than it takes a lot of people now because there's so much amazing stuff out there and hopefully this podcast is a piece of that tapestry it doesn't take people the the years that it took me it takes days and weeks and months and yeah and then you can really truly feel that freedom like that just and you feel like you're not making your smell small anymore you're not carrying that stuff anymore yeah yeah and 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 this this work the work you said it doesn't happen on its own the work is the cognitive work on your beliefs. So in my case, the belief about uh, alcohol relaxes me. And then when I discover that not only does it not relax me, it does entirely the opposite. Then that, that, that is the bridge then to, I don't have to do this anymore. Mm. I do not have to do this. Wow. And, and the feeling I can still remember it really vividly it was weird it was really really weird because it's something that I've been doing very regularly this is my self-care at the end of the day my glass of wine or more this is you know the habit the habitual pattern and so to then suddenly have and 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 there was a point so before I found this naked mind before I learned the science when I thought about like I was worried about my health right so oh, well, 
I'll only drink on weekends. Because, you know, you hear about the guidelines of how much you're supposed to drink. I mean, who drinks 14 units a week or less? Um, so when I was trying to moderate, on the days that weren't drinking days, I was just miserable. I was miserable because I was craving that thing that I thought was going to give me some kind of a benefit. And I felt deprived. And, it, you know, that has a knock-on effect of them making you irritable and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So to have gone from that to, like, almost like the next day, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. It was it, it was some, like something else. And I always remember the, the language that Annie Grace used in that PDF about moderation that I read that got me into this naked mind's world. Um, she said something at the beginning, like, you are not necessarily going to want to believe this. <laughs> your, yeah. your brain is going to try and tell you that this isn't really true. And, and I remember reading it and being fascinated and being excited and curious but I did have like that there there was a thread of I'm not sure I want to believe this because I knew I knew what it meant ultimately that it meant never drinking again yeah and 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 the bit that sits behind that is all the cultural stuff it's all of the well you know how how do you how do you celebrate with people how do you have fun with people it's that you know the that that layer of beliefs around society um but in my experience I didn't have to tackle that right away I just had this the the overwhelming feeling I had was this excitement and like the fact it was a bit subversive this like Mm. I I can I can do it a really different way like how cool is that like that I, I don't, you know, to, to your, so your, your business is all about the sober rebellion and, and it felt really badass to be like, right, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm doing something really, really different. And all that rebel. Yeah. Honor the rebel. And Against it, it, the grain. Just, it just felt really, really good. And this is the, this is the thing that you are, you always want to be on the lookout for. We're all very different. We all have different tendencies, but channeling that, that kind of emotion that sets sets you on a course and gets you into momentum really really quickly Um, oh yeah oh yeah and and that's it it's 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 the sense you're like hang on a minute could this thing that felt like a curse actually be a gift Mm. and it's like there's that slight bit and then it's like it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows and you get to a point where you're like, how did I ever used to think the things I used to think? Yeah, yeah, it's wild. It is so wild. And that experience, and I've had many people that I've worked with, they say to me, I am not the same person that I was when I started this journey. And it's like that bit, you know, that bit in the matrix where Morpheus is like red pill or blue pill. And it's like, there's that bit, you know, when you were saying, uh, like, you're kind of like, Oh, I don't want to choose either because <laughs> this means a thing. This means yeah. something. The problem is if that, if it is there, you can try and tuck that beneath the carpet. You can try and stick it away and you can try and pretend that you're not there, but you are, you're on the journey. And 
very, very often there's going to be resistance, push into it, push through the resistance. Because the reason that you're there asking the question, you're like, mm, do I really want to do this? Like, what would it mean if I were to stop for this long or, or whatever? Like, lean in, lean in, because that's where the magic is. The resistance is there because there's magic there. Um, and like, it will keep bringing you back there. It might, you might try and forget, you might go, I can selectively forget this. Mm, mm, <laughs> but mm. that's that whole thing of it. It's there in the background, reminding you, chipping away at you. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is where people are feeling what we call cognitive dissonance. Yes. And that can be a really, a really horrible place to be because it's, it's like you've got, you know, two parts of you, two competing parts of you. But essentially, what, uh, what this is all about is aligning the conscious mind with the subconscious mind mm -hmm. through this cognitive work. Uh, and this is the methodology that you and I have both trained in with this naked mind, so that you can align the conscious and the subconscious, and then the cognitive dissonance, which shows up like, I want to drink, I don't want to drink, that, that, that goes away. Mm. And and there, then you feel freedom. Then you feel peace, calm, happiness. Yeah, it's interesting, and, that, and that's the slight leap of faith. It's kind of like yes. short-term versus delayed gratification. It's like yes. you know, continuing to do that thing that you that you really don't want to do, right? If we figure out ways of scratching the record so that's not happening anymore, and then work on the things in the background that mean a month from now you start to feel a certain way. So, um. You know, and the thing is that when you catch up with each other, that's nuts. So like mm -hmm. suddenly you start to get to this point where you're getting pleasure from the long-term gratification. Yes. So you don't get it at the beginning, right? It's, it feels like, oh, it would be easier to reach for the wine or it would be easier to do this. It's like, okay, but let's scratch that itch. Let's work on doing that in the most in the way that we can. Let's lean into that and let's build things in, in the background because it's some magical point something wild is going to happen and all that time all that thing you're putting in is going to start giving you pleasure it's like when you've been going to the gym for a while and you start to actually feel good all the time when you've got through mm. the shit bit or you start getting the pleasure from anything that takes a bit of that mm. and when they catch up when those two things combine and they're in line with each other and the cognitive dissonance falls away suddenly it's like whoa i'm on mission what's going on here mm. like bang mm. i'm lit up that's a great face. I loved that. We were never going to get through that many of these. Look at us. Blimey. It's just too fun to talk about this stuff. It really is. Like, it really is. Do you know what? I, I, I'm gr so grateful for the opportunity to dive deep on these things because not that I need reminding of them, but how much fun is it to talk about them? It's great. It, it, it's fun to talk about. And I do think, actually, I do think we need reminding of them. I think everybody yeah. does. So repetition is good in this entire realm wherever you are and whatever you're doing or um, whatever decision you're making about drinking, experimenting, whatever. Uh, but going back to what I was talking about, this thing about positive emotion, positive, we, we want to be there. So our brain tends to operate in danger mode and being on the lookout for the negative and just trying in, in that effort to try and keep us alive. Mm -hmm. And we, we have to be, deliberate and intentional in working against that and we've talked before about gratitude as a practice as one thing that is very very effective at teaching your brain to look 
go looking for the positive as opposed to the negative. And, and if you just drop into yourself now and think, well, how, how do you feel if you think something negative? What's that feel like in the body? And if you think about something really positive, how does that feel in the body? Mm. We, we, we want the latter. Um, so these episodes, whilst they're fun for me and you, are also really purposeful in reminding our wonderful, lovely listeners that you, we need to take a pause. We need to stop and remind ourselves of the things that we're celebrating and why we're celebrating them because then that keeps the positive emotion going it keeps us in that positive emotion and then we can do more of the thing so it's really important and just as and I'm, I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast before but this practice of and and this doesn't have to be related to not drinking but every now and again just to take some time and recognize like take a time frame of like I, I was talking about overwhelm with um, my clients this week and I was talking uh, um, about it on social media too. A bit of a theme with facing up to kids going back to school and not having um, done an awful lot of the summer because I've been kidding. Um, and, uh, and now I've completely lost my train of thought. Whoa, another brain um, fog moment. You were talking about uh, overwhelm. <sighs> and celebrating stuff oh yeah sorry apologies so you could look at the last week what have what have I achieved in the last week or even in in the day and so if I look at today like I've do you know what I've had this wild anxiety that I haven't had for a long time And 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 I and I think I know why it is and it's accumulation of not having uh, been tip-top on my self-care and my nourishing habits because I've been kidding kidding again it's the bloody kids I've had I've had a lovely summer but it's 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 been intense and I've had very little time to myself and as a consequence of that I'm starting to feel it and it's showing itself in all sorts of ways like my body's going no you need to look after yourself Ellie little Ellie so I I had this really weird night's sleep waking up with anxiety and and it's all like Oh, school shoes and PE tops that don't fit, and you know all this stuff that I've got to sort out. Dim. I've got to eat dim. And I've got to eat dim, and I was and I'd said the day before to my husband, like I feel really, really overwhelmed with all of this stuff, and and I know that I think some of it's hormonal. It's the irrational. Like I was getting irrational about school shoes, like totally irrational about school shoes. But if I think about how I felt at the beginning of the day with this anxiety on board and being in what was what started off as a negative mindset and the, the hill to climb and the stuff that I've got to do. Um, and then I just I made this decision. I was just going to attend to what was in front of me and I was going to do my best and I was going to not try and do everything. I was just going to do the first thing. And then when that was done, when the school shoes are sorted out, I'll then go on to the next thing. And when I then reflected on the day, like if I sat down now and wrote the list of things that I've done today, I've done a load of good stuff today, some really good stuff today, including going punting with the kids, which has been a, an immensely joyful experience. But all of the things, like I look back and I think, well, what, why was I getting so wound up about school shoes and stuff? I've done loads of things. I've got loads of things ticked off the list. So my point about all of this was 
take intervals, whether it's something that you do on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, a quarterly basis, stop, get your pen and your journal out and reflect back on what you've done and do celebrate to, it. Do a to done list, not a to do list. Done. That's it. That's it. Like all the things you've done in that day. It's really, really powerful. And like done. I hear you. Nightly debrief is amazing as well. If you're not a writer, if you're not a journaler, that kind of thing, just, you know, just last thing at night, you can kind of reflect on like, what have I done today? What went well? You know, where, where do I feel like I wasn't quite there and I could have done better, you know? And you know, that, that really helps build resilience because all these practices, um, they seem really simple. And I think very often we can think to ourselves, gratitude, you know, you know, this is the kind of thing of like, yeah, I think did perhaps a lot of guys think this as well in particular. It's like, why am I going to do a gratitude list? How's that going to help me? Right. But actually we are primed to look for the stuff that we haven't done. We're, we're primed that way. Like it's been an evolutionary advantage for us. So it seems simple, but it really isn't. You have to practice being the person that you want to be and positivity is practiced and it is maintained and it is upkept. And so just doing that a little bit, is so powerful a nightly debrief or you know the gratitude lists or you know this is the power of journaling and all this kind of stuff um don't poo poo it because you're like yeah right how's that going to help me writing down four things a night that i'm grateful for jog on like give it a go give it a go experiment you might just be surprised um because yeah. what you'll find is all those little things are the tapestry to your best life, all those tiny little things. What we're trying to build here is a web. And it's like when something falls off the web um, and it isn't there, and you, you just it's just not there for that day, you've got 19 other things that keep you there. Yeah. yeah. Like spiders, if you cut a spider's web, it doesn't really matter. It stays in place. It's got too many strings attached all around it. That is the rich tapestry that we're building for us and our central nervous system. And all those different things we do. And that that's it. You know, that's why grab a notebook, write down the tactics and tools we talk about on this podcast. Do it for all of your podcasts. Don't think, oh, just remember, get conscious about it. Write them down and experiment with them. Yeah. And funnily enough, just talking about being deliberate, this, this addiction specialist that I referred to earlier on, what she was talking about was, so one of the questions that came up was, well, why do people relapse? And why do people relapse after such a long time? And why do people relapse when things are really, really good? And uh, the, the AA line, which I'm not entirely aligned with, is this, um, like, the needing to be on your guard. And I don't, I don't see it that way myself. I don't see it as being on guard but I do see it very much as being deliberate. If you are deliberate and you're intentional with your practices, then you have that web that you were talking about. Yeah, life and, design. And, and then you don't end up um, being, uh, like she was talking about the autumn. So again, sitting in the subconscious, the automatic reaction, like scratching an itch is an automatic reaction and it's in response to not having all of these other things in place. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's so important. We are going to do a very specific episode on habits. We're going to talk about our own habits and practices and building the web, how, yeah, building the web, how, and how you do it with businesses, children, working for charity, doing all of the things all of the time. Like how do you fit it all in? 
um, we're going to try and share what we've learned, what we know. But variety is important. Just as Sam said, if you just start to write these things down, you don't have to do them all, but you you might want to go down the list and go, oh, well, I'll, I'll give that a whirl. It's a bit like me with the, the whole, like the Wim Hof thing. My initial reaction was, hell no, I don't like being cold. And then I thought, oh, again the, the 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 rebel in me I'll give that a go and got got in the cold shower and bloody loved it and I've been doing it ever since and so you don't know unless you try these things and the important thing is the barometer is how does it make you feel and if it makes you feel good guess what you want to do more of it and if it doesn't really move the dial then put it to one side come back to it another time but so, you you have to try these things and then you have to be consistent with the things that make a difference. That's not to say that it stays rigidly the same forevermore, because just as my experience of this last month, I've had to, like, I, I can't, I can't go and sit and meditate with my three-year-old running around like a lunatic. Like I, I have to find other things to do. I have to find other ways of incorporating the types of practice that I'm looking for. If I can't, if I can't sit and meditate or I can't sit and journal, I have to do something else. And what I know for sure is whenever I let any of my self-care, any of my habits, when I let them, when I cut them loose a bit and the, the web starts to go, it, it, it really does fall apart and you feel bloody terrible. So don't do it, folks. Don't, don't do, do it. it. <laughs> and look, this is, I think it's a really nice, we're going to have to, we're running into time earlier. We've been chin wagging away, but I think that's a lovely place to leave it. And as you were talking, like, so this week I started bouldering, right? I started going to the local bouldering center and doing climbing. And it's something I've wanted to do for a long, long time. And man, I'm so hooked. Like it's unbelievable. It's so me. Everything about it is me. And I've been thinking to myself, oh, I've got to do that sometime. I've got to do that sometime, maybe for two years. And I went there and like, I know enough about myself now that when the thoughts come in and I heard like, why didn't you do this two years ago? You twit. I yeah, I know. And to have enough self-compassion to be like, dude, forget that shit. You're here now. That's what matters. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But you will be shocked and surprised at the things that you get joy from. I am literally <laughs> Robin's already told me I have to shut up because yesterday she was like, if you talk about bouldering one more time, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> I'm basically already like oh this thing is incredible and there are so many things out there like that there are so yeah, many things are. that are waiting for you you are not broken they are there it's just recalibrate leap of faith all the stuff we've been talking about life will meet you halfway it will well you know we've been talking about doing a retreat Sam oh yeah I think, I think it might be a bouldering retreat I quite fancy a fancy a go wicked that would be sick Imagine that. Everyone be knackered. We're going to need some kind of like sl something slower as well because it's, yeah. But yeah, it's great. I mean, brilliant. Look, mate, I really so, enjoyed that. That was a cool riff. I liked that. It was good fun. It was good fun. So if you're interested in rocks and broccoli, get in touch, get your name down, be on the uh, early bird list. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, do it. And okay. uh, yeah, mate. All right. Well, look. Uh, once again amazing anyone that's listening you know send us your questions i would really love as well um it occurred to me halfway through that Ellie. i'd love for people to start sending in questions they have as well as suggestions for podcasts because it'd be really nice for us to have like a a nice um one where we answer some questions at some Ooh, point as well yes be yes good. so if you're not in so we have a little uh, a little lovely collective 
face uh, in a Facebook group. So if yep. you're not there, go and join it. And then that's a great place to one, continue the conversation and two, to pose these sorts of questions. And then certainly I'd love to pick them up in a podcast. It'd be that's it. And I'm going to start doing a, a weekly, you know, post where people can post their questions and we'll bring them here. So, you know, that's, that's an awesome way to get your questions answered. Yeah. Cool. And we might, we might take ages answering them. <laughs> it might um, be we won't, we'll be there. I'll be there. Fear not. <laughs> oh no, I don't mean, I don't mean time lag. I just mean, we'll, when we oh, see, literally talk for a long yeah. time. We'll talk for yeah. a long time on, I mean, on on any subject. Brevity is possibly not the, the first thing that people think of when they think of us, is it? But there we go. <laughs> Mate, wicked. Thanks for sharing that. And thanks for everyone for listening. Like, it makes it totally worth it. Yeah, it certainly does. So thank you all for being you and have a great Tuesday. Peace out. <laughs>